where nobody knows your name is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. Hello again. We're cooling down after that scorcher last week. This is uh, episode five of season nine. Ma always liked you best. It aired on the 18th of October, 1990. Was directed by Andy Ackerman, written by Dan O'Shannon and Tom Anderson. I'm here with Barry. Hello, James. Hello again. How are you feeling today after after that heat wave that we had last week? Oh, I've just I've only just finished mopping my brow. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's good to be comfortably uh, moderate again. Fun episode, I think. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, again, one of these uh, episodes that feels like a comedic distraction. Yeah, from whatever storyline is going on throughout the series. It's interesting you say that. Not to do with comedic distraction, but I saw an interview with Gene Simmons recently. It was after, like, last movie or something. Him of tongue fame? Uh, him of of, uh, of tongue and kiss fame? Yep, that's yep. how I choose to phase that, and I'm not uh, <laughs> refuse to <laughs> refuse to elaborate. Um, but I saw an interview with him, and it was clearly they were trying to get some kind of rise out of him, because uh, they asked him, you know, what do you think of the music these days then? You know, what... What do you think of uh, things like BTS, you know, the, the uh, Korean pop band? They, the interviewer was clearly angling for this kind of rock demigod persona to be like, nah, it's not real music. But what he said was really quite enlightening. He said, they're doing a lot of good work and I applaud what, what they're doing. A lot of uh, good young men. Um and they went, oh, you know, because it's not, it's not similar to Kiss. And he went, look, what we always did as Kiss and what we have tried to do for decades is put on a show. You know, all of, all of our makeup and, and fire and everything is always to keep people entertained for a couple of hours and distract them from the humdrum uh, boredom of everyday life. And if a band is able to do that and keep people entertained and have... Uh, something there for the fans, then all power to them. And I was like, that's a really sweet thing for him to say. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is nice. And and your point? It was related <laughs> to the comedic distraction from life <laughs> okay. and how, how he you know, said that uh, an art form is there to make people's lives better. Yes, totally. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I agree with the sentiment. You To criticise... Someone else's success never sounds anything but bitter. Yeah, that's very true. But criticism can come in other forms. Carla is criticizing uh, Woody and Norm for particular choice of uh, pastime. Yeah, they are dabbling with spirits that they don't understand. Or at least that's what Carla's worried about. We know she's a suspicious, a superstitious type. So Woody and Norm are chucking. Uh, tarot cards around on the uh, on the bar. You ever had your tarot read? That is a very good question. Have I? I don't think I have. There may have been a festival experience that I'm a little hazy about, but I don't think I've had my tarot read. I've never knowingly had my tarot read. Someone may have may, may have read my tarot and I wasn't there. Mm. So I'm going to say no. Um, yeah. I am intrigued by it, though. Right. Because and, th- and this scene illustrates it. Because I, regardless of of whether it means anything superstitiously or whatever, I don't know how one prepares 
it. You know, there's a there's a couple of people I know at work who have their tarot card set and they said they need to, you know, do preparations for it. And I never really consider them particularly superstitious, but they said they have to be, you know, has to be a proper procedure for preparing them. What this scene illustrates is that you can just shuffle them and deal them around. So I'm intrigued, really, <laughs> to know what moments the, the procedure and what the procedure is. Yeah, well, to anyone who doesn't believe in it, they're just a set of cards mm. and you can do what you like with them. I'm notoriously skeptical. <laughs> yeah. And in fact, I, one thing that always irritates me is the phrase, you're not open-minded. And actually, I think the converse is true. Mm. By questioning things more, a lot of, of these beliefs aren't criticised enough or, uh, or put into a critical light enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's the same with any tradition. Um, they, they carry on because they're traditions rather than they've been um, sort of truly investigated for their worth. Mm-hmm. And so I think that you're open-minded if you do critically analyse everything rather than being accused of being closed-minded because you don't believe in something. It's the scientific method, isn't mm. it? Science isn't finding the truth for all things. Science is finding a viable hypothesis until a better explanation comes along. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, that's not why we're here. <laughs> uh, no, but they're playing go fish, aren't they? The, yeah. The tarot cards. So yeah, there is no tarrowing going on. There is simply a, a a comparison of pretty pictures. I once got in trouble on a cruise ship for playing go fish in an elevator. Nothing to go from there. It's just... What time of day was that, James? What time of day was this? This was early <laughs> afternoon. Uh, so yes our cold open Um, so how does our episode start James with men at work Uh, there's construction happening yeah Yeah. very noisy construction yes Um, which suddenly stops huzzah apparently it's going to be quite a quick job according to Sam one day job yeah one day job bosh and Fraser is intrigued so he goes out to check and promptly falls in a hole. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know how Fraser didn't see there was a big gaping hole. I know Carla moved the sign, but uh-huh. still, it's a big hole. But it's also a familiar territory. And sometimes mm. in familiar territory, we go by, um, what's the word? Instinct. Instinct. Muscle memory. Yeah. 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 So perhaps he just flew up those stairs as if they'd always been that way. That's uh, true. It's... They said this is why castles were built like this. I don't think it's true. They said that castles were built which, with stairs which were deliberately uneven to stop intruders, yeah? So the people who lived there got used to the unevenness, whereas the people who came in, they were in charge and fell and tripped. I think that, you know, it was olden times, so they just put bricks down and hoped for the best, and they went, oh, yeah, they're uneven. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a defence thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that's just... <laughs> and actually, you're quite in line here with... Uh, with shoddy workmanship of the episode. I think that's just an afterthought for <laughs> shoddy, workman, shoddy workmanship. But it is intriguing. Every house I've lived in, be it rented or owned, has had a funny step on the stairs, one hmm. that is either slightly different height or length. As someone who lives there, you do get used to it, and you walk up someone else's stairs, you will inevitably stutter on that one step that is different. My parents got new stairs put in. And my um, 
my knee was doing a double take, <laughs> trying to navigate them. And I was like, oh, and the cat, oh, he had it even worse. <laughs> just, just gingerly looking at them going, I don't know what you've done, but I don't like it. <laughs> mm. Oh, my dog flies down the stairs. Uh, <laughs> one you know, one change in those steps could uh, lead to some hilarity and possibly injury as well. But let's go with hilarity. Uh, I've met your dog. He's quite the energetic fellow. He he can be, yeah. He's a lovely little chap. Yeah, very photogenic. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, um, but not very keen on strangers. He's a shouter. Yeah. So if you are going to take a picture, telephoto lens. Yeah, yeah definitely. That's safe. That's safe. <laughs> so, yes, the work then come in for a beer lovely yeah which you know they're entitled to do they can have a break but uh sam wants to give it to them for free yeah which and this will this argument does happen in the episode i kind of understood um like it's the same thing that when you have tradespeople come over uh, and they're doing some job in your house you offer them a beverage you know and hang on, before you carry on, I don't. Um, and this is purely because I don't drink tea or coffee. Oh, yeah, but if you did, you wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, but I feel incredibly uncomfortable making tea or coffee for anyone else because I've got no concept of how it should taste. I have coffee enough to know how I like it. <laughs> but other people do not. Um, my my mum's strategy when they were having their garden done because there was a few different people, she just put the mugs out and like a thermos of hot water and tea bags and coffee and went, it's there, help yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Which is probably better, actually, because then they can have a a cuppa when they feel like having a cuppa rather than relying on someone else's timeline. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But similarly, and I know they're running a business, but a beer is what, $2.50? I th- I think the finance that they're incurring to pay for this, you know, I think it's fine, basically. Yeah, that that initial thing, I I'm, I might be tempted to be be the same. I mean, it's essentially, yeah. it's like giving them a cup of tea or coffee all day. Yeah. Um, or biscuits. We tend to do biscuits. Oh, we love biscuits here. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cookies. Uh, oh yeah, and. I can understand it. They, after all, they're working on your premises. Yeah. Um, you want them to do a good job. Keep them sweet. Yeah. Exactly. Because um, anyone is, you know, if you're working for someone, a client, that client is rude or nasty to you or not respectful, then of course it, it's it may sway the job you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, the difference here is when does it become necessary to give them that to stop them doing a job badly. And I think Mm. the argument in the episode is they should just do a job regardless. Um, But there's a feeling from some that, no, you have to grease the wheel in order to get the job done well. Yeah. I think when Sam first said that the beer was free, there was nothing suspected of it. Then when Rebecca took it back, they got annoyed. Mm. As soon as you remove something from someone, they got upset. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's not It's almost like a, uh, it feels like they're running a mafia racket. If if the expectation is you've got to give them something, otherwise it's a bad job, mm. then it becomes the mafia. Yeah, in a way. That that's when it does become bribery, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. You know, but give 
like giving someone a beer i don't i don't think so yeah um, because g- goodwill um to keep them on side that's fine yeah basically we don't understand whatever the issue is <laughs> um Sam wants to give them beer for free. Rebecca goes, no. Excuse me. Uh, that was a very nice gesture of Sam, but I'm the manager here, and I am responsible for receiving payment for services rendered. Honey, honey, don't No, no, no. The lady's got the right idea. Pride in workmanship. You have inspired us to go out and do our job as well as we can, no matter how long it takes. After all, we're craftsmen. <laughs> and then they go, well, you know, this job might just take longer. Uh, <laughs> And it, and, it, and it will, you know. Yes, it definitely will. Yeah, the workmen say cleverly that they will work extra hard. <laughs> and extra and, long. And extra long, yeah. So anyway, this this is happening. But also, Cliff's mum is coming to visit. Good old Mark Laven. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, he's suspicious. He thinks that she'll want to stay with him, move back in. Yeah. And he's finally escaped her clutches. God damn you, ma. Uh, <laughs> he's not having any of it nah no but we should <laughs> see I went from John Rattenberger to Danny Dyer in one <laughs> <laughs> get out my flat uh, <laughs> Danny Dyer is such a British thing isn't it it's just his existence is a British thing he's an angry man from London <laughs> yeah who has somehow carved himself a niche as a yeah. as an early evening game show host, <laughs> <laughs> miraculous. Uh, yeah, uh, he, he's very entertaining. <laughs> he is. He's, he's hilarious. Well, it's like what I said earlier about that quote from Gene Simmons. He entertains. Mm. Yeah, but Mark Laven uh, seems to navigate the trench with ease. Yeah, she just jumps it. To which uh, Fraser is. Quite perturbed, I think. Uh, say, Mrs. Clavin, if you don't mind my asking, uh, how did you happen to negotiate that hole up at the top of the stairs? Oh, I just hiked up my skirts and hopped across. No big deal. <laughs> Although those construction boys told me some jackass actually fell in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a boob. I'm a big fat boob. He looks the fool now, doesn't he? If a, a little old lady can uh, navigate that hole. That's, that's true. And I'll tell you what, Francis Sternhagen... As Mark Clavin in this episode, every line is golden. Mm, yeah. <laughs> she is sassy. She is fantastic. Uh, it's mm. just filled with passive aggression. <laughs> <laughs> Man, what uh, made you decide to blow in a town all of a sudden? Well, you know how much I enjoy the historically rich sport of dog racing. <laughs> Who doesn't? It turns out I enjoyed it a bit too much last Friday, and let's just say I owe some people some money. Whoops. Well, the dog I put all my money on apparently had a parasitic condition. He scooted the last 75 yards. <laughs> he got the most laughs, but they don't pay on laughs. Anyway, it gives me a chance to catch up with my little boy. I'm looking forward to seeing what you're doing with your life and how we can go about fixing it. <laughs> I appreciate the thought, Ma, but uh, I don't have anything that needs fixing. See, I uh, got a new lifestyle. I, uh, I like it. Clifford, is it really a new lifestyle, or is it just an excuse to walk around your apartment half naked? Basically, uh, Ma uh, moves in with Woody because Cliff doesn't want her to stay. No. And uh, I love how complimentary she is of Woody, including his narrow hips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Cliff 
came out with wide hips, yeah. uh, which caused some consternation. And she loves the look of uh, Woody's hips. She says that he'd fly out like a bullet. <laughs> Tell you what, hips uh, and the and the width therein play a big part of this episode. Oh yes, I forgot. Mm. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, that is an odd B plot. <laughs> um, but yeah, B plot nevertheless. Yeah, well, we're not there yet. We're um, almost there. We're almost there. Woody uh, has. Mark Laven over for the evening and she brings him back in. They, they seem to have absolutely bonded. Yes. Yeah, yeah. To the point of Woody became, becoming some sort of, sort of surrogate son to her. Mm-hmm. She gives him a bag full of grapes that she's cut in half for him. Oh. Um, yeah. And she's really laying it on thick to Cliff <laughs> about not letting her stay. She doesn't need to cut grapes in half for him because it would take, was that a knockwurst? To, to, to. <laughs> to close that massive throat. Yeah. Uh. Oh dear. And in the end, it takes Woody to invite Cliff to join them for their evening of police academy viewing. But Cliff knows his mum is working him, trying to make him jealous. And uh, Cliff feels like he's he's winning. So he boasts to Norm about how he's uh, beat his mum, how he's kept her at bay. Won this round. Yeah. yeah. But there we go. Um, but will it last, James? Will it last? Well, that is the million-dollar question, isn't it? Mm. She's certainly fond of, of Woody. Woody's certainly fond of her. Uh, we, Woody's mum was on the phone last episode, and he gets a surrogate mother this episode. Who would you have cast as Woody's mother? Oh, there's an interesting question. I think someone like Betty White. <laughs> or... Dolly Parton. <laughs> well, Dolly Parton would be good, yeah. but quite the... Young the, mother, if you want to be. Well, not just that, but she's quite a voracious, full of beans woman, isn't she? Yeah. So uh, she'd be a uh, counterpoint to Cliff. Mm. Well, no. either way, Frances Sternhagen is very good at playing a surrogate mother. Yes, yes. Yeah. I think Frances McDormand... Off of Fargo. Yeah. I think she can she can play I think she could play a woody like character. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, B plot, James. Yeah. You mentioned it earlier. Do tell. Well, uh, the entrance is now blocked because these construction workers are taking a big old time. So Norm has the idea of knocking an entrance in the back. Mm, something he seems to have fantasized about. I always thought about building a little apartment back there. Yeah. That's very sweet. Right next to the bar. Roll into the bar in the morning. Yeah. But what happens? Well, he uh, takes out the window, takes a few couple of bars off, leaving an aperture. Mm-hmm. Not a generous aperture. No. And Rebecca goes, that doesn't seem very large. People won't be able to fit through that. And Norm goes, ah, of course they can. Even I can fit through. Your man is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, uh, Norm should have more knowledge about his own size, really. Because he's not a cat, you see. Cats have whiskers, so they can judge. They put their face in and they go, oh, no, 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 my whiskers, are they touch the sides there. I kind of fit through that. Mm. Whereas Norm has a gut. Um, <laughs> but by the time the gut has touched the aperture it's trying to get through, uh, it's too late. Yeah. Oh, bother. Oh, bother indeed. Well, so, yes, 
amidst Cliff and Woody's uh, now rivalry for Cliff's mum. It both seem to have, well, Cliff has tried to deny it up to this point, but now Cliff brings his real feelings out and he wants his mummy back. Which is sweet, but also kind of, I was going to say pathetic. That sounds like the correct word because it is played for humour, but it is worrying, I guess. <laughs> no, like not, not because he wants to go on with his mother. That, that, that's quite sweet. It's, it's worrying how much both him and Woody seem to be maternally dependent. <laughs> and maternally lacking, if, if this is their desperate need. But like I said, it is played for comedy. Yeah. Ultimately, seeing someone sob <laughs> shouldn't be hilarious. Um, but obviously, it's made to be hilarious. So yes, Cliff wants his mummy back. And Woody has discovered a new mummy and wants to keep her. There is a lovely line in the middle of this, though, when Mark Laven discovers this rivalry. Let's not get into a Cain and Abel situation here. <laughs> I can love you both for different reasons. Woody, I can love you because you're generous and kind and strong. And Clifford, I can love you because I'm your biological mother and nature dictates there be a bond. <laughs> Now, boys, I've got plenty of love for both. Which is funny, but also... Horrifyingly cruel. <laughs> it's it's horrifyingly cruel and, and sad because anyone who has gone through any kind of self-doubt or, or, or depression or, or worse does have the fear that the people who do say that they love them and care for them are saying it out of societal demands, not because of a reflection of the individual and their worth. So it's it's quite sad that she says that, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. And again, we assume it's for the comedy. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. There's, there's obviously a unhealthy relationship there. Yeah. But again, that's for the comedy. It wouldn't be as funny, just like Norm and his wife. Let's assume it's all funny, James. <laughs> let's Let's assume it's all funny. This is Barry's review of Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the resolution here? Well, they uh, uh, they agree to go and put up some shelf paper together, but they argue over which place is first. So Woody and Cliff race to their respective cars and both fall into the uh, trench. Yeah, yeah, they're going to share mummy. So yeah, that's that's the end of that little storyline, uh, at least for this episode. But I imagine. To keep things tidy, that will be the end of that little storyline. And we return to Norm stuck in his... Uh, bar hole. Bar hole, his new, his new entry point. Cheers. Ooh la la, cheers. What do you call it? Bar hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so this, the, our episode ends with um, the police being called. To release, uh, no, I, I think I'd call the fire brigade rather than the police to uh, grease a man up and and get him out. Well, I think you just need to remove one of the other bars. Yeah. Which apparently looked quite simple, according to what Norm said. But you have to cut it at both ends, and if his body is covering one end, mm. that's not simple. Need a good welder, don't you? Yeah, I, I think you just need to leave him till he loses a bit of weight. No. Well, the police suggestion is getting the jaws of jaws of life anti vice, if that if, if that's the correct word, the thing which separates stuff. Mm, yeah, but they don't. 
No, they leave him there. And Rebecca is quite frustrated. Uh, she wants the job done. So what does she do? She bribes them. Ah, yes. Because her newfound view on the world is that she believes that everyone will accept a bribe to do a better job. Everyone has a price. Yeah. <laughs> this is illegal. <laughs> what Sam did earlier, that's fine. This, Rebecca, too far. Oh, Rebecca. We are uh, building a new engine. Do you have a permit for that? Oh, he wants a permit. This time we'll handle it your way. No. So, yes, yes, I'll do it. Let me just reach into my magic permit pocket. Yes, yes. And oh, here's a nice little permit with a picture of General Grant. What are you doing? <laughs> what, like you have never been bribed before? Are you trying to give us this 50 bucks? What, 50 isn't enough? How about 100? All right, you're under arrest. Come on. Sam, would you get my checkbook? <laughs> to prison with you. <laughs> oh, good. My boyfriend's there. No, Rebecca. <laughs> so, uh, a strange ending. Rebecca gets carted off by the police, and I, I imagine next week will be none the wiser. <laughs> it, it never happened. And Norm is stuck looking at rats as they seem to gather beneath him, underneath the window. Not chihuahuas. Chihuahuas. Or chihuahuas. Yeah. Uh, which yeah. are also vicious uh, little things. So I'm not sure which I'd prefer, really. I don't know. I feel a chihuahua is, would be more vicious, you know. Um, a ch- I think a chihuahua is more yappy. It would, it would be more aggressive. I think a rat would is just an opportunist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That brings us to the end of the story, James. Who have we had in this episode? Oh, many, many people. Here we go. We've got Francis Sternhagen uh, returns as Ma Esther Clavin, having last appeared in Season 6, Episode 7, The Last Angry Mailman. Uh, Rocky Laporte as Jeff, the stand-up comedian, also appeared in The Pat Sajak Show, The Magic Johnson Show, The Tonight Show with Jay Leno, Patriot Act, a Jeffrey Ross home movie, the Shaggy Dog, The Godfathers of Comedy, and many more. John Posey as Lars. He also appeared in Manhunter, Full House, Dallas, Seinfeld, RoboCop 3, News Radio, Jag, Chicago, Hope, Love American Style, Crossing Jordan, ER, 24, Boston Legal, NCIS, Criminal Minds, Bones, Teen Wolf, Lucifer, Avengers Endgame, Better Call Saul, and many more. Paul Wilson as Paul Craypence, Peter Schreiner as Pete, Ken Foray as Policeman Number 1. He also appeared in General Hospital, Kojak, Dawn of the Dead, The Wanderers, Dukes of Hazard, Elvis and the Beauty Queen, Hill Street Blues, TJ Hooker, Remington Steele, The A-Team, The Fall Guy, Knight Rider, Moonlighting, LA Law, True Blood, Family Matters, Quantum Leap, Dallas, Matlock, Babylon 5, The X-Files, Keenan and Kel, and many more. James F. Dean as Policeman Number 2. He also appeared in The Jeffersons, It's Gary Shandling's Show, Moonlighting, Newhart, Quantum Leap, Chud 2, Bud the Chud, Seinfeld, Grace Under Fire, Dr. Doolittle, and many more. Susan Evans and Don Bennett are uncredited as bar patrons. Joining them this week, Jeremy Doyle, who worked as a stand-in for Star Trek The Next Generation, and Robert Firth is uncredited as Robert. He also appeared in Fantasy Island, Growing Pains, LA Law, Hunter, General Hospital, Murder, She Wrote, and hosted a podcast, The Secret Bunker, with Robert Firth. He also played a main role in The City and the City and was a narrator for 30 episodes of American Monster, as well as having numerous other film and TV credits. Wow. 
Police Officer One sounds like the face of my childhood. He was literally in everything I would have watched. General Hospital, Kojak, Dawn of the Dead, Wanderers, yeah? Well, maybe more the end of the list than the start. (laughs) (laughs) What a guy. Oh, what's that noise? Is that the door? Well, it's the the window. (laughs) It's, It's the new door. He's come through the back entrance, has he? He has, yeah. Didn't get stuck, though. No, good for him. Hi, Cliff. You are stuck. Well, can you be quiet? We're doing. We're recording the podcast. <laughs> Typical. Play, play with the chihuahuas, Cliff. <laughs> but as usual, before we open our letters, we have to give a shout out to our norms on Patreon. So this goes out to Treb Curry. If you want that special norm treatment, then check out our Patreon page for that and so much more. I'll go first. What's the first card that Woody pulls from the tarot set in the cold open? Not the Grim Reaper, because he didn't have any. It's a skeleton. No, it's uh, it's a card called Knight of the Tentacles. I did not know that was a thing. No, nor did I. What does Carla think would make a great title for her autobiography? <laughs> it's the uh, Greasing the Workman. Yeah, greasing the construction workers, yeah. (laughs) Oh, dear. Covered this in the episode, but uh, how many hours was Cliff's mum in labour for with Cliff and why? 72, because he's got wide hips. Yes. I've got a question here, again related to Mark Clavin. Who is her favourite actor in the Police Academy movies? If you can give me a name and give me her description... Double points. Well, it's... I know who it is. It's everyone's favourite when we were kids. It's the sound effects guy. Ah, oh, and I forget his name. Uh, oh, There's even a, a viral video from a few years back where he's doing the he's doing the backing music to... Is it a Led Zeppelin song? Oh, um, yeah. whole lot of love, isn't it? So, I, I forget his name, but yes, it's him. Uh, Michael Winslow. Yeah. Michael Winslow. And, uh, Very Mark, British name. And Mark Levin describes him as the young African-American who does those funny things with his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> accurate. <laughs> yeah, very accurate. Cliff's uh, mum is back because she got into some debt uh, in dog racing. Um, but why did her dog that she bet on lose? The word isn't parasite. Uh, but essentially he had like worms or something, so he scooted the last 75 yards. Yeah, that's it. Parasitic condition, she calls it. Oh, it was it. parasite. Oh, okay. Yeah. You ever been to the dog track? I, I thought you were going to say, have you had, ever, ever had worms? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I have uh, in Nottingham and thoroughly enjoyed it. I saw a man take his teeth out to eat a pie. Um, that How? Was fun. I know, impressive. What? Maybe He's got just more sucking on the pie. Yeah. Uh, and I was with two Spanish people um, who thought the mint sauce was pesto and oh. so spread it liberally over their fries. Oh, <laughs> oh, they, they overestimated the food <laughs> of the dog track. Yeah. Uh, have you been, James? Yeah, yeah. My uh, mum's side of the family um, went quite often. I wouldn't say I made a lot, but I, I tend to know when to stop betting so that I have a little profit, you know. Mm. It feels to me like budget horse racing. Yeah. Yeah, it it feels much more, it's almost like the comparison between the 2P machines in the arcade and the 10P machines. I'm happy to play the 2P machines all day. 
The jockey is also a lot smaller. <laughs> yeah. I have one more trivia for you, James. Very difficult to do over a podcast. Uh, certainly difficult for me to check. Um, but what is the sign for choking, according to Cliff's mum? It's you put your left hand over your throat as though choking yourself, and then your right hand, uh, you do a kind of talking motion as though it was uh, inside Kermit. Yeah, I'll, I'll accept that. Half a point. I, I think I got pretty accurate, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was spot on. I think, James, if it's time, the bell's certainly gone off. We get a free beer, don't we, this week? We do get a free beer, and I want some of those minty chips. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. That sounds good. Bribery beer and minty chips. Tis the British way. <laughs> <laughs> right. Talk to you all next week, everyone. Take care. Bye.